1: today comes from Acts 16, 30 to 40 and Philippians 2, 19 through 30. The pastor gave me a summary this morning and I was really hoping that he'd left out a couple names but he didn't so wish me luck. (laughs) Uh, From Acts 16. A few days later Paul and Silas were arrested for creating order in the town disorder in the town because of the crowd's demonstrations so they were placed in prison. About midnight, as Paul and Barnabas were praising God, an earthquake struck knocking the prison doors open and unleashing the prisoners' chains. The prison guard, embarrassed at realizing he totally failed his work, was about to take his own life but shaking with fear, he came to Paul in silence and asked, What must I do to be saved? They said, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you shall be saved, you and your family. They shared the word of God with the jailer and the others in his house. That night, he cared for Paul and Silas by washing their wounds. At that point, the jailer and his family were baptized and ate together in the jailer's home and were filled with joy because of the love of Christ. (laughs) And from Philippians 2, 25-30. I am sending Epaphroditus a member of the Jesus gatherings in Philippi, back to you. You sent him to help me in in my need. Thank you. He and I have become real brothers, working and battling side by side. Now I am sending him home again, for he has been homesick for all of you and upset because you heard that he was ill. And he surely was. He almost died. But God had mercy on him and on me. So I am all the more eager to get help, to, to get help to return him home. Welcome him in the Lord with joy, for he risked his life for the work of Christ here in Rome on your behalf, since your hometown, Philippi, is hundreds of miles away. The word of the Lord.
0: Thank Thank you, Eileen. You You did very well with that everyday word of uh, Epaphroditus. We know lots of people by that name. (laughs) And so, let me make sure we're on the big screen and the technicians will help Um, so i invite us to pray as we look at at two themes that come out of the second part of paul's second missionary journey two themes belief or believe That's the first part that comes out of Acts. And then the second part, the second part is community and relationship. And as I was reflecting on that word today, I thought, you know, before COVID, we could have said, oh, we need relationships. And it would have just gone over our heads. And now we see how important relationships are. So this is the, this, these are the two parts of today's message. And um, as soon as we, I think we're good to go. There we go. Okay, great. Thanks. Let me pray. Father, thank you for your word. We pray that you would be instructive to us about belief and about relationships. Well, we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Well, Paul's second missionary journey is going to take us to Greece. And as you go to Greece, you might run across Ingrid there because uh, she has just returned from there. And so afterwards, quiz her about the insights that she has. Now, most folks, when they read Paul's letter, to the Philippians, go, okay, yeah, nice place, whatever. And it just goes over the top. Well, his letter to the Philippians was written about 60 AD. And, and that was a very significant town in Greece that you can see on the, in the middle of the map. And so you see the two towns, he had the... Macedonian vision when he was in Troas there in Asia Minor and then the first stop the man from Macedonia saying come over and help us and his first stop their first stop was in the town of Philippi if you're looking for a place to go and visit uh, check out Greece and be sure to put Philippi on your list as you see these beautiful homes that exist there today, it's it's a very inviting place. It's a very popular tourist destination. Now the other part is a little different, and that is that Philippi is considered a world heritage site, and about that. Uh, 20 years ago, when a, a group of us from Yukon Presbyterian, Alaska, were doing a study leave together in the Holy Land, we visited Philippi or modern Kabbalah. And we walked through this area that you've seen on the screen. My guess is that the whole area with all the artifacts would be as big as your whole campus ground here for the church and beyond. A ton of artifacts. And one of them that we saw was the prison. And what they did with prisoners is they put them underground, kind of in caves. And that's where Paul and others were in prison when the earthquake came. Philippi, the first stop of the missionary journey. And then out of that, we will see in a moment, Paul's letter to the Philippians of that town in the first century. So the big question under the heading of belief is that the earthquake came, the jailer was to keep all these prisoners in prison, And, of course, the chains were breaking, and the prison doors were going open, and, you know, they were escaping, and he had failed his job. In the midst of all those feelings of failure, he went to Paul and said, what must I do to be saved? I mean, that was a giant question. I've shared with you once before that that question arose in my life. Having grown up in a a very strict, atheistic family, atheistic family. Be sure you hear that. Uh, as I moved into my junior year of high school, I began to ask that question: If I were to die tonight, would I would I go to heaven? And And my friends gave me the advice of, well, uh, try to be good. Okay, that worked for an hour or two and I completely failed. Duh. And then it was not too much later that I was, uh, well, you know, when you're in high school, you know, a few years ago when you were in high school, you are dating. And so I was dating this girl we were exchanging romantic letters. And in one of her letters, she knocked me off my chair. Because she quoted this verse. Believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. You shall be made right with God. I, of course, had never read a Bible.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so following that verse, she then quoted John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not die, but have everlasting life. Those two verses, first two I'd ever read, were total, total game changers for me. And in a similar way, we see this in the book of Acts, with the jailer, as he says, what must I do? And Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. And then as we read the rest of the passage, we see this big turnaround in his life. It says, number one, He and others began washing and caring for the wounds of Paul and the other prisoners. And it says he then was baptized and then he invited them into his home for a meal. That is really big. A big changer occurred with the jailer around those simple words, what must I do to be saved? And the response, believe on the Lord Jesus. So that's that's the powerful word, believe. What's interesting about that is as we think about our faith and it is Our faith is rooted on believing, and believing is then built on the foundation of facts. I could not resist today, today, uh, last week, I could not resist putting in a cartoon into your sermon room now, and this cartoonist, whoever, <laughs> really nails it. And for those of you that don't have the cartoon, it's uh, no, Christ has been crucified, he's been buried, and a Roman guard has been set at the, <clears throat> at the exit of the tomb to make sure the stone stays on the tomb and no one messes around with it. Well, the facts say that Christ was resurrected. He was found standing again and the cartoonist then shows the day after, tomb's empty. Sunday morning shows the car, the the, the uh, sergeant talking to the private who was responsible to watch the stone. And the sergeant says, the private, "Hey, listen, don't. This is no big deal. Listen, don't worry about this. Don't think about it. This will all pass over in a couple of weeks. Duh. Duh. That is one of the hardcore facts of our faith. And what's interesting relative to doubts is this statistic on the screen that the Gospel of John was written to help people find the evidence the foundation for their faith and the statistic that the word believe or belief is used about 95 times is amazing and his thesis statement john chapter 20 says He writes, these things have been written in order that you might believe. So this whole Gospel of John is set up to help us find evidence for our faith. Again, this goes back to our original text. The jailer asks, what must i do to be saved response believe on the lord jesus and you shall be saved i'm going to take a little uh detour on the subject of belief and uh, invite you to travel right now into communist albania it was that way for uh, 45 years, and it wasn't just regular regular. communism, however that looked, but the dictator said China and Russia had compromised true communism. And so his goal in Albania was to create a pure commun- communism, not compromised, number one. Number two, Belief in Jesus was not allowed. He was going to create a pure, a pure, pure atheistic state. And so, if in the cemetery there were tombstones that had biblical names, the troops under communism went in and sandblasted off. The biblical names. I've seen some of those tombstones with the blank where a biblical name existed. Additionally, hey, church buildings? No way. They were bulldozed down or destroyed in some fashion or the other because he wanted a pure communism. And then finally, if you were caught by a spy using any kind of religious words by accident, you said, oh my God, that could mean time in the slammer. <laughs> and uh, we have met a number of people who spend time in the slammer because of that. Well, that's all under the heading of belief and evidence for our belief. And so what happened both in this account here in the book of Acts in Philippi and then in ninety three ninety four 94 in Albania is that people, when communism collapsed, then people began to hear about the good news of God's word and of Jesus and people came to faith. You have the same story right here in the book of Acts relative to Paul's second missionary journey. That's what was going on in Philippi. And they didn't build buildings like this of course, but they had house churches. And so they had these all of these folks coming together now desiring to follow Jesus and make him central in their life, and they began meeting in one another's homes that's what happened in the first century that's what we see in the book of Acts all under the heading of belief I included this picture because many, <laughs> I've been privileged to be part of many baptisms at this lake in Albania. And the coastline that you see behind is if in the map you simply look east from Albania across the lake, you see Macedonia, modern Macedonia. And one of our jokes with our teams as we've been there and and enjoying the seashore and on the edge of the lake we said well hey well why don't we just uh, why don't we just swim today to Macedonia it's a nice day and uh, we've never done that because nobody in our group ever had any waterproof passports to get into Macedonia but you see that's what accents People came to faith in Jesus, Acts 16, they came to faith in Jesus, they were baptized. And then part two, part two of our message today, our reflection today, number one, belief. Number two, relationship. So they came to faith in Jesus and then just did not walk off alone by themselves but the account over and over everywhere is that one Jesus follower meets another and meets another and they become a community we could call it a church a gathering of believers so belief number one what's the foundation for your belief number two out of that comes relationships And that's a central piece to what the church is. And this takes us to the last part, which was Eileen's great, great articulation of that word, Aphrodite. So this is under the heading of relationships. And, And it says that... That church, let's look at the map here, there we go, that church in Philippi, we're in the calendar ahead about 10 or 15 years, Paul's in prison now in Rome, Italy, and that church in, in Philippi had such a commitment to Christ and to one another. And they and Paul and others had become so close because of what he had done in sharing the gospel. Subsequently, they realized that he was in prison and they could not just blow it off. You know, it'd be easy to say, oh, well, well that's, he's far, far away and I, I just hope he'll be okay. But there's nothing we can do. We've all been in settings where that has been said. Oh well, yeah, nothing we do. But here's a here's a church that had a great grasp of what is their vision, and part of their vision of the church of Philippi was to care for one another as fellow believers, including care for the apostle Paul in prison in Rome. I've talked about this before and I've invited uh, people listening to think about, uh, okay, what would it take for you to travel to a location about a thousand miles away from here? I uh, travel toward the east coast and yeah along the way you get maybe a thousand miles But you see this map, they not only had the travel on land through Greece and then to the Aegean Sea, they had to cross the Aegean Sea and then they had to travel up through Italy to get to Rome. Now part of the reason we know this is true is that Paul wrote his letter that we read today his letter to the Philippian believers about sixty sixty three A.D. And part of it, as you see in chapter 2 and beyond, part of it is, it was a thank you letter. Hello, a thank you letter way, way, way back to that Philippian church. A thank you letter for all
1: that they did.
0: Well, as you probably can guess, um, Paul did not send a text message or an email to the church saying, thank you. <laughs> no, this letter that he wrote, that we have in the Bible, was taken by Epaphroditus, one of their members, one of the members of the Philippine Church that they had set in to Rome to care for Paul and to take this big care package. Well, that's a model. That's a model of a church that's really reaching out. They could have just stayed in their own little town. But they were committed to supporting one another. Like the Apostle Paul, Timothy and others who had cared for them so much, they sent one of their members, one of you, one of you need to get on the, on the horse and travel a thousand miles with this package, who, who will do that? There we go, okay, we got, we got two volunteers, okay? We send two horses and two care packages. That's where it went. And this is a, among other things, a thank you letter. Finally, before we do a breakout time, we sort of know what happens when you and or I say thank you to another person. It's very impactful to the other person. But really, really gigantically impactful to me, the person saying thank you. The medical studies say that our blood chemistry improves when we do that in the context of our relationships with one another. So this then pulls us back to the question. Number one, there's the foundation for our belief, for our faith in Christ. And then number two, this talks about relationships as Jesus follows. relationships. I've mentioned before that the the number of verses that have the phrase one another in them love one another encourage one another support pray for one another there are about seventy five of those verses in the New Testament. Hello what does that say? It's talking about the importance of relationships with each other. So I invite you to prepare to do a little learning and conversation uh, with one another in, uh, in a breakout group. And in your sermon outline at the bottom, it says the Philippian church is a superb model for today's church. And then there's three choices which phrase helps you to capture what it means to be in the church number one a new community sharing jesus's love and welcome with others as the meaning of recovering sinners anonymous number one number two a gathering of jesus followers seeking to apply his lifestyle and teaching to their heart, soul, body, intellect, family, relationships, work, possessions, finances. Or number three a collection of Jesus goers. That may be a new phrase for you. I invented it. Jesus-goers have to do with Christians who choose not to just stay in their comfortable little corner, but are open and actively going, and that might be around the corner, might be around the world. So, number three, a collection of Jesus-goers helping one another to take the good news to the neighborhood and to the world. Now, finally in your group as you discuss which one of these get your attention there's not a right answer or a wrong answer but when one of you leave one of you take notes so that that can go back to your session so they can learn from that also, to your board of deacons because deacons are very important in providing the, the care element, the relational element in the life of a church. So, would you make sure you who take the notes, that the notes are clear and let's do this, let's have you just stick them under the door of Ingrid's office. So they can then be typed up and be sent to session and to deacons. So you make this concrete. Okay. Um let's do this. We're gonna do this a little differently. <clears throat> All of you let's do three groups. All of you who were born uh January, February, March, make a group over here. Those of you who are born April, May, June, July, a group there, September, October, November, uh, December, a group here. And if you end up cheating, it's OK. OK, ready, get set, go.